0: So uh, Hebrews 11 is, is known as the hall of faith. You've heard that, I'm sure. So there's a bunch of people, well, some, most of you have. There's a bunch of people in there that are commended for their faith. It's like, and the whole big idea is in Hebrews eleven six. 6, if you were to summarize the whole, ver- the whole chapter, it'd be without faith it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that's the key. And then everything around it points back to that and tries to let you know this is what faith looks like. And it starts with a guy by the name of Abel. And Abel, uh, he gave a good offering instead of his brother Cain. And and so the author talks about what does faith giving look like. And then there's a guy by the name of Enoch who never died. He walked with the Lord and God took him. So it's faith walking. What What does it mean to walk? In faith, and then there's another guy, Noah. You've heard of him. Built a boat. Faith building. What does it mean to be godly in a in a really evil culture? And then there's there's a guy by the name of Abraham, and Abraham is the father of faith. Abraham is the patriarch of faith. Abraham received the promise of God way back in Genesis chapter one, and uh, he believed the promise. And therefore, that's why he got to be called the man of faith. So Hebrews 11, this is what it says. It's not on my TV. It's on the screen, though. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land. So, again, I don't mean, I hope I'm not. I hope you're getting this. You are getting it. But without faith, remember that. Without faith, it's impossible. Please, God. Here's an illustration of faith. So obeyed God when he called him to leave and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was a foreigner, living in tents, and and so did Isaac, his son, and Jacob, his son, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren, she was too old. So here's the, here's the key in this verse that I want to talk about. She believed God would keep his promise. She believed God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. He was 100 years old when he had his first kid. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there was no way to count them. So let me, let me go back. That's Hebrews. Let me go back to Genesis and share real briefly. God gives Abraham a dream. He gives him a vision. A vision is a preferred future. It's what you, what you, would, what you would like your future to look like. So I, I want to ask you, even as we start this, what is, what, is, what is your preferred future? What's your preferred future for your marriage if you're married? Is it just to get along or is it to really thrive? Is it just to be roommates or is it to be soulmates? What what is your what is what is the preferred future you have for your marriage? And and what's the dream that God has given you for your marriage? I know when you got married, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just gonna endure this thing for 50 years and then we'll die and then whatever, you know. No, no, that's not what you had. When you got married, you had stars in your eyes, you had. Twinkle. What is it? That's twinkle, twinkle, little star. That's a whole other thing. But you had stars and twinkles and all kind of. I mean, you just had these great. So what was that preferred? What about even for you students? What's your vision for your life? You just want to make it through high school and get out of there and get out of your house or you don't want to have an impact and make a difference and do something significant and, and see some of your friends come to know Jesus or I don't know what you just want to be a C student. You want to be an A student. What's your vision? What's your preferred future? Like even in a job, what's your vision for your job? Do you wanna to go to a job that's mundane and boring? Or do you wanna to go to a job that fits your personality and where you can, like, like you can go to a job where you say, man, this is what I was made for. Where you wake up in the morning, and I know every day's not like that, but where there's a good fit. What's your preferred future? What's your, what's your vision? What, what, what do you want? What's your vision for ministry? What do you wanna do for God? Has God deposited something in your heart? I met with Hannah Salisbury this morning. She's one of our young adults who started, she had this vision to get Bibles in every school in Chesterfield County, and so she, elementary school, and she got these action Bibles. She bought them and she started meeting with librarians and she had some resistance, but she wasn't one to give up. And she started get. and I don't know how many, I do know now there's her ministry, has got Bibles in 34 states and four, na- four countries around the world. And that's a little, not a little. I mean, she's probably 28 years old. I don't, she's a lot. But, but just a vision, just she had a preferred future and she went after it. What has God placed on your heart to do? Abraham got this vision that he was going to be the father of nations and through him was going to even come the son of God. And for the next 25 years, Abraham had to hold on to the promise. Nothing was moving. Nothing was, it wasn't looking good. For the next 25 years, he has to wait for God to bring about the preferred future, the vision that God had given him. And and here's what I want you to know. God gives us a promise, and if it's not fulfilled in 25 minutes, we don't think it's a reality, and we give up. We pray for a miracle, and if it doesn't manifest right away, we think it's it's not God's will. God is not a microwave God. God is, doesn't offer drive-through. His plan usually involves a process. And uh, I don't know about you, but I hate waiting. Not long ago, we were struggling with Verizon. Our service wasn't any good. And so, yeah, you're already shaking your head saying, oh, I know what's coming. And so I called him. I went through every prompt I mean, it was like, if you want this dial one hundred and fifty nine it was like every prompt that you could ever it took about twenty minutes to get to the prompts. I finally get okay we 'll be with you a minute in a minute there's another ten minutes. I get on the line i 'm not having service that 's what i 'm telling them well i 'll get you to a service person, but I think I can save you money on your cable bill. I don't want to save money on my cable bill. I want it to work. I just want it to work. Just give me to somebody who can work. Yeah, but if you'll sign this two-year contract and if you'll sign up, you'll get HBO free and Cinemax free and Playboy Channel free. Just sign up. I'm like, I don't want that mess. I just want my cable to work and I don't want to save $6. I just, okay, well, let me get you to the right person. 20 more minutes. On hold, I was on, the whole, I was on the phone for, I'm not lying, because you can track it now on your phone, for an hour and nine minutes waiting on Verizon. I lost my, I about lost my salvation, I had to repent. I had to get saved all over again. They say once saved, always saved, that's a lie. I lost my salvation that day. Had to turn back to Jesus. I don't like waiting. You? you? No, you don't like waiting not that long. I don't like waiting in lines, and I always pick the longest line. It don't matter what line I pick in the Walmart. It is the longest. I track it because I, I find somebody that got in the line at the same time. They are in their car home, and I'm still in line. <laughs> I, I go to a restaurant. I hate waiting. I hate waiting for them to refill my tea at a restaurant. Like, is this rude? But when my tea, you don't have to ask me, do you need anything else? Look at my tea, it's empty. <laughs> like, why would you ask that? That's like, that's like, do you, do you want a tip when, you get, when I get done here? Like, what, what do you think? I know I'm rude. I, I know you're going to think really bad of me. But my whole point is I hate waiting. I, I hate waiting on people and waiting in lines and waiting. On, and I get easily frustrated and impatient. But how should we wait when we're waiting on God? How should we wait when that vision, that, that promise, that ministry, that marriage, that profession hasn't panned out like we thought it would or it should. But we're clinging and holding on to this promise, this, this, this vision for a preferred future. What do we do? Wait, let me give you a few things. Wait without being passive. Wait without being passive. Waiting on God is active. It never equates to paralysis. In Abraham's case, he was given the first steps and he was told to leave his country, go to a place where he didn't know. He was given some steps to take. And and Abraham, the Bible says, as soon as he heard that from God, he did it. He, he He immediately left. Not not knowing where he was going, he left everything he had behind and he went to follow God. And I'm not suggesting that you leave it all. I am suggesting that while you wait, you allow God to prepare you. That the waiting season doesn't have to be a wasted season. That God can use the wait to develop and hone and mature and grow something in you and through you. And, and, you know, we want the destination. The process is more important than the destination. We want to get from point A to B. God wants to do a lot of things in us and through us from point A and from point B, that you can, you can wait without being passive. We got a couple that's trying to go. They, they feel they got a vision, a burden uh, that they want to go on a mission field. They've gone on several uh, missions trips and they feel the stirring and, and it, it's, it's been several years now since they first got that call and, and it's, not, it's not coming to fruition in the time frame or what they'd like, but they're not sitting around. They're, they're continuing their education. They're learning more about the Bible. They're allowing God to stir the, fan, the flame as they continue to go on short-term mission trips. They're getting out of debt so when they go over there, they can be completely debt-free. They're serving in ministries at home. They're actively waiting on God to fulfill the dream that he's put in their heart. Listen, you don't have to wait and be passive. God can use the preparation period. When David was 17 years old, he was anointed by Samuel to become king. He waited 13 years before it became a reality. 13 years he waited for the fulfillment of the promise. What happened, though, during those 13 years? He was in training. God was maturing him. God was growing him. When he was tending sheep on the backside of of, of some pasture, he, he spent time with the Lord. And he penned, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. He's just getting to know God. The shadow of the valley of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. God, I'm learning your rod and your staff, you comfort me. God, whatever you got prepared for me, you're doing something in me that's getting me ready for what is down the road. Um, when you think of when, when he was running from Saul, for years he ran from, from, the, from the wicked king Saul. He wrote, God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in time of trouble. My point is he wasn't waiting passively. He was understanding the maturation process. And he, as he was waiting, he was allowing God to soften his heart and tenderize his spirit, getting closer to God. Moses he got called to lead the children out of Israel. And what happened? God sent him into the desert for 40 years. For 40 years, the vision uh, uh, stirred and, and became bigger and greater. And God, and God was working in him. What was God doing? For it is God who works in you. Listen, this is good stuff. Very practical. But this is good preaching. The God is, works in you. He's always working in you if you allow him. Regardless of the season or the situation, he's working for what? Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Really, and, and I could say that he's working ultimately if you'll stay in line with him and grow. For it'll bless you and it'll bring glory to him. You, you don't have to be passive while you're waiting. While you're waiting, prepare. Pray while you're waiting. You don't give up overnight. You pray. I, I, I've told this story before, but when I was working on a, a, a graduate degree, I had a professor that he was late in the class, and we were all sitting in there waiting on him, and it was unlike him, but he got there. He was about five, 10 minutes late, and you could tell he'd been crying, really upset. We thought so anyway. We didn't know what was going on, and he got there, and he said, I'm sorry I'm late, but I just got off the phone with my father. He's 80 years old. And for 25 years, I've been praying for his salvation. For 25 years, I've been asking God to soften his heart. And for the last 25 years, he's been hard. He's been resistant. He's been cold. He's been callous. But this morning, I called him, and he said, son, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Will you please lead me to the Lord? For 25 years. And that man prayed, and he prayed. But that son prayed and prayed and prayed, we think if my prayer doesn't get answered overnight, it's not the will of God. that's not necessarily so. know you know, the, you know uh, who in the Bible, Daniel prayed for like 21 days, and God said, "I heard you on the first day, but there was such resistance from the enemy, there had to be some pressing through, there had to be some, some perseverance in prayer. there had to be some going after God and calling out to him and here, you know, I think God, in that kind of prayer, God wants to answer right away, but sometimes for whatever reason it takes some time. We pray in the season of preparation, we worship. Paul and Silas were waiting to get out of jail. What did they do? Murmur and complain and whine? No, they worshiped. They went after God. They sought the face of Jesus. They lifted up their voice and celebrated the goodness of God, even in the midst of that jail cell. See, when you're waiting, you don't don't have to wait. Here's what I think. And I know I got two more more points, but I'm going to go quick because I really want to worship, but you remember when your kids were little, if you're a little bit older like me, and uh, some of you are sold, you can't remember that, but (laughs) remind me, most of the time, it was good, I I remember when we would go on vacation, and I had three kids under the age of six, Emily, my baby is two, at that time, uh, Zach's like, I don't know, I can't remember, they're three or four years apart, anyway, so I got a bunch of young kids, and, and you know how it is. I'm hot. He's touching me. It's cold. Are we there yet? Yeah, You heard that? You know what I'm talking about? Are we there yet? Are, and I'm trying to get in vacation mode. I'm trying to kick back and relax and and, and detox and and, and, and get a, and unplug. And I'm hearing every five minutes, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there? And I mean, I got to have everything in me has got to hold back from the spirit of slap coming over me <laughs> and reaching in the back seat and a, jerking a knot in their chain. Y'all heard that? You know, I wonder if God gets like that with us. While we're in the process, while, we're, while he places a vision or dream in our heart, and it's not, it's not coming to fruition in the time frame we'd like. And are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I wonder if God just saying, will you shut up and enjoy the journey? I'm trying to do something in you. I'm trying to do something with you. If you'll just sit back and relax... You'll see me working in you both to will and to work for good pleasure. Here's another thing. Wait without causing problems. That's a, here, in Genesis 16, the story of Abraham and Sarah takes a big turn. The twist begins to get uh, parental guidance only. It gets a, little, gets a little scary. While they're waiting, they take things into their own hands Ladies, I don't recommend this, but Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar, so she said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Again, I don't recommend that. That's not a good idea. And I'm sure Abraham was like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Why would I ever? Okay, maybe not. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And Abraham agreed to do what Sarah said. They got ahead of God. God, you're not working. Maybe we need to get in. Maybe we, you're not opening the door. Maybe we need to beat down a door. God, you're, you don't seem to be working fast enough. Maybe we need to prod you along. Maybe you need our help. Uh, This boy that they had was Ishmael and he caused all kinds of problems to, to uh, Sarah and, and to the, to the family and so here it is, So Hagar bore Abraham a son, and Abraham gave him the name Ishmael, and she had him, and Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar born Ishmael. And it just created all kinds of problems. Ten years after the promise, Sarah and Abraham get impatient. Here's, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Not only do you don't have to wait passively, but don't, don't, don't cause problems in the waiting. Wait on the. The Lord, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His timing is not our timings. Surrender to his wisdom. Trust in his goodness. Don't get ahead of his plan. Here's one more thing. Wait without missing God's promise. So, so 25 years after the vision, 25 years after the dream, here's what the Bible says. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Remember in Hebrews chapter 11, it said that Sarah believed God. That's why she was in the hall of faith, because she believed God what he promised he was going to do. And Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. And Abraham gave him the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. And when his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born how many times because a vision a promise a prayer doesn't get answered we give up we write it off this will never happen it'll never come to pass it's impossible can i just remind you that nothing is impossible with god a high school basketball coach was trying to inspire his team during halftime and they were down a ton of points and they didn't look good and and the 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 score it looked like they were gonna get run out of the gym. And so he stands before his team at halftime and he really gives them the best pep talk that he could. And, and he said, did Michael Jordan ever quit? And they all go, no, he didn't, you know, he didn't quit. And then, did the Wright brothers ever give up? And they start perking, no, sir. They, they kept working on that plane. They kept getting after it. Did Rocky ever throw in the towel? No, there's 15 Rockies. He, he needs to throw in the towel, but he's never thrown in the towel. Like he's a 90-year-old Rocky still being a punching bag. Like he probably ought to throw in the towel, but no, he's never thrown in the towel. He said, did Dowson, did Elmer McAllister ever quit? And there was a long silence. And one of the boys finally spoke up and said, who's Elmer McAllister? We've never even heard of him. And the coach said, that's why, because he quit. You'll never hear about it, because he gave up. Listen, has God given you a dream? Has he given you a picture of a preferred future for your life? Is there a ministry that He's dropped in your spirit and, you, and, and, and you've just allowed it to lay dormant, kept dormant? Can I tell you why you're waiting? Wait without being passive. Allow the waiting season to grow you. Wait without causing problems. Don't get ahead of God. Don't get the promise messed up because you think you gotta, you gotta move God faster than He's wanting to move. And wait without missing the promise. Don't quit. Don't give up. I'm telling you that that professor that I had was so glad he didn't give up on his dad. He was so glad that he continued to pray for him. Don't lose heart in doing good, for you will reap a harvest if you faint not. Amen, everybody. Stand with me, will you? Lord, I thank you for even.